88.1 Eugene. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to KWVA Storytime on 88.1 FM. I'm Tess. I'm Ben. I'm Amy. I'm Ryan. And I'm David. Every Thursday, we take you on a half-hour ride from 7.30 to 8 with a collection of stories, interviews, discussion, and everything in between. Thanks for tuning in to Storytime. This is your host, Tess Novotny, and this will actually be our last episode of this term. So we're going to start with a segment from Ben Wood. Ben interviewed some of our Storytime producers about how they've changed throughout the school year, and he interviewed me for that segment as well. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Storytime end of the school year retrospective. My name is Ben Wood, and I'm going to be talking with a number of our various Storytime content creators, and we're going to be talking about this school year as a whole, highs and lows, what they've learned, and most importantly, what they're going to do differently next year. Up first, I'll be talking with a very special guest. Please introduce yourself. My name is Ryan Wynn, and I work for Storytime at, here at KWVA Eugene. So Ryan, how would you say you've changed over the course of this school year? Well, recently I took a survey that was in my webmail that asked me to evaluate this exact sort of thing. And one of the first questions asked me to evaluate my critical thinking skills before and after attending the University of Oregon. And I rated my critical thinking skills before coming to the U of O as very low, that is very low. And then I rated my critical thinking skills after attending the University of Oregon as very, very low. That's two varies. What was it that made you add that extra vary? Just this general sense of realizing that the world is so much bigger than it actually is. Especially when you move from a school with only about like 2,200 students to a school that's 10 times bigger. What do you think is like the biggest lesson you've learned aside from the reduction in critical thinking skills, sort of making that transition from a smaller school to a big public university? I think that one of the bigger lessons I learned isn't... I first learned what a jewel is. I did not know what jewels are before coming to the U of L, and now I definitely know what they are. But I think the most important lesson I learned is like how even if... You, you have your high school friends after high school who all say that they're going to, like, keep talking to you. But after that is when you, like, after a few months when you're into college, the people who you're still talking with from high school are, your, like, true bros. And that's a gender-neutral term that I'm using, bros. All right. Thank you, Ryan, for talking with me. I hope uh, everyone listening at home can take some inspiration from Ryan that you can get by even with a reduction in critical thinking skills, uh, you know, as long as you know what uh, Jewel is. If, even if you can't get by on your critical thinking skills or lack thereof, just remember, you have your bros. All right, and we're here with our next guest. Please introduce yourself. My name is Tess Novotny. I've been the Storytime director for this year. Now, Tess, I understand you're graduating this year. So what would you say you've learned the most in your final year at the University of Oregon? I've learned to just, like, seek out as many opportunities as possible. 
I've like kind of stressed out throughout the year about trying to find a job or an internship after I graduate and applying for a bunch of stuff and like there are just so many different ways to go within the journalism industry and within like what I want to do but I've um I don't know I'm about to go on to a job in Klamath Falls, Oregon. I'm going to work as a crime and courts reporter at the newspaper there. And that's something that I probably would have never seen myself doing when I started this year. I definitely wanted to like move to a big city and do something like really exciting. But throughout the year, I've kind of like shifted in how I think about that opportunity to, to go report in like a small town like that and kind of like, I don't know, get my feet wet and learn how to cover a beat and how to how to get invested in like a small rural community i think a lot of students find that as you get as you go further in your college career there they think there's there are fewer opportunities that they kind of get set in their sort of group and they don't think to explore as much do you think that's true or do you feel like as you've gone through your last year that you've been able to still kind of develop new relationships and new groups and new opportunities? I've definitely expanded my friend groups and what I do this year in some ways. Um, Maybe not so much in other ways, but I know like just thinking about who I was as a freshman in college and what I like, I really wasn't involved with any campus organizations until like junior year I guess I was a DJ at KWVA my sophomore year but that was like very low time commitment so I've throughout college just gotten more and more involved with different things I do ethos magazine I do KWVA I've got cool class story extracurricular kind of things going on like I've definitely tried to challenge myself to make the most of my time here because I feel like we have a really awesome journalism school at the University of Oregon, and I'm just very blessed to have gotten my education here. And what do you think is like the best opportunity you've had as a journalism student in terms of preparing you for the like quote-unquote real world? I think just the faculty have really helped me so much. I've taken classes with Brent Walth, who's like a Pulitzer Prize winning investigative reporter, um, and with Catherine Thier, who teaches solutions journalism, and she actually connected me with the job that I'm about to take. So I've really, I've just met so many amazing people through the journalism school who have like had incredible careers and to get to the point that they're at now. I've also had the opportunity to meet all of the demystifying media speakers that come here and interview them with Connor, our news director, which has been like pretty insane. For those of you who don't know what demystifying media is, it's like a a speaker series where the journalism school brings in people who are kind of like changing the media industry in some cool way. So I've gotten to speak to Pulitzer Prize winners and people who have written really amazing books about computational journalism and people who have been foreign correspondents in uh, incredible countries that I would never consider working in. So I've just like really, I've been really inspired by all of those different people I've had the opportunity to meet. All right. And for my next guest, I have someone who everyone should know if they've ever listened to KWVA. Please introduce yourself. I'm Amy Brenneman. Amy, uh, what year are you at the U of O? I'm a third year student. And so how has this third year gone for you? Have you changed? Have you grown? Uh, yeah, I think I've changed a lot. I think 
the idea of graduating and joining the workforce and everything is becoming so much more real now that I'm an upperclassman. I think especially since like my third year is almost over. It's like, oh gosh, only one more year. And then it's like, I'm just like set loose into the wilds of, you know, work and stuff. So it's like kind of a scary time, but also a really, really exciting time become because it's coming more real that I'm like gonna be an adult and the world is at my fingertips so how do you think that's gonna play into next year for you do you think you're gonna do things differently here or are you gonna kind of continue on the path you're on I'm gonna kind of continue on the path I'm on but obviously you know spend the whole year thinking about like jobs I want to get and what kind of things I need to put on my resume for those things what kind of internships I want to apply for I just I hope I can maintain my my really open mind and excitement for the future I hope you know it's not too terrifying when I get closer and closer to the end and what would you say has been the highlight of the school year for you Amy I don't know. It's like each semester was like a different era of my life. So it's hard. I'm going to say this specifically this term was probably KWVA prom. You weren't there, which like, you know, sucked, but it was fun. Uh, That's what I hear. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Amy, for coming in and talking to me. Do you have anything you'd like to say to all of your fans at home? Stay pleasant. All right. And we're back with our final guest today. Uh, Please introduce yourself. I am Kaylin Wool. And Kaylin, uh, what year are you at the University of Oregon? Um, I'm technically a junior, but I have all these credits from a community college that don't really apply to my major, so I'm, I'm chilling. I'm a junior. So as a first-year student, a uh, transfer student, what has your experience been like this year? Um, it's been pretty overwhelming. There's a lot of people here. Um, I, I'm from Arizona, and I honestly think I miss the... the this might be weird. The Hispanic population there. I really miss Mexican food, and it's just not the same here. It's very white here. It's very white. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's it like coming into um, coming into a school when you're not a freshman? Is it a different experience? I do think so. Um, I feel a bit lost because I think as a freshman, you all come in at the same time, you mingle with each other. But as a transfer student, I'm kind of just. Coming into the school, everyone already knows each other, kind of. They already have friends where I knew, like, nobody. What would your advice be to anyone else who's coming in as a, as a transfer student? Definitely get involved. Get involved with any of your interests. Um, don't be afraid to go to events. And what do you think has been the best part of your experience at the U of O so far? Uh, probably getting involved with KWVA. Um, I started with story time for a while, and I really liked using that as a creative outlet. And I liked all the people I met. They're pretty cool. They're weird, but they're cool. <laughs> I can confirm all of this. <laughs> so going forward next year, do you think you're going to do things differently? And if so, how would you change sort of how you approach school next year? Um, I definitely want to focus on my homework more. I need to actually learn how to study. If I'm taking a math class, I want to see a tutor because I didn't do that this whole term and I was in trig and I honestly have no idea what I've learned the whole term. Yeah, I want to also see more of Eugene. I don't think, or not just Eugene, just the whole state of Oregon. I've kind of spent a lot of time in this bubble and I've seen a little bit of the coast, but I want to go more north and like maybe go to Portland. And honestly, I really want to go to Washington. I haven't been yet. 
Thank you so much for coming in, Kaylin. Yeah, thank you. All right, and that's going to be the end of our series of interviews. Thank you for tuning in. This next segment is actually a rerun of something that we did a few weeks ago, and it's a roundtable discussion between myself and some of our other Storytime contributors about the worst school assignments that we've ever gotten. Hello, and welcome to a roundtable discussion on a very important subject. My name is Ben Wood, and I'm joined by the crew of Storytime. With me today, I have... David Hugel. And... Tess Novotny. And, of course... Amy Brenneman. And today we're going to be discussing our experience at the University of Oregon, and in particular, the worst assignment we've ever had. Any journalism major who's gone here knows about the gateway sequence. Uh, for those who don't know, every journalism major has to go through this eight-credit class that basically shows you the ropes of what it means to be a journalism major. Now, one of the assignments is an interview with a person and you have to interview them while they're working and photograph them. This assignment wasn't too bad, at least it shouldn't have been, but for me it was awful. The person I chose was a farmer who worked at a hazelnut farm. I reached out to them weeks ahead of time to photograph them and interview them while they were working. However, they decided that they didn't want to do it at the last minute and they canceled on me. I had exactly one day to find a new source for this interview. Why did they cancel on you? They apparently didn't realize that this was for the gateway class and they had poor experiences with previous journalism students. They thought I was like working with like the Daily Emerald or something like that, which I wasn't. <laughs> so they realized it and they decided uh, not to. They sent like a very vague email. And they're like, I'm sorry, Ben, but I've had horrible experiences with gateway students. So I'd rather not do this assignment. My topic for the term was on like organic sustainable farming. So I went to the farmer's market and just went up to every single person there and asked them if I could photograph them and interview them. And I got rejected every single time, pretty much. And I'm like not the most outgoing person. So this was like the worst experience possible going up to every single person. However, I did find one person who said that they weren't able to do an interview then. But if I wanted to come to their farm the next morning, I could go and do that. I went to this uh, farm and it was like a 45 minute drive and it was very cold out and I photographed them on this farm at like 7 a.m. I interviewed them. I drove back into civilization and I realized I did not get one of the, we need like five different categories of photos and I realized that I didn't have one of them. See, my worst assignments have all been kind of more self-sabotaging. For my biochem major, a lot of the classes, they let you work on your homework at your own pace, and it's not graded. So that, of course, means I won't do it at all, and then I don't learn any of the material, and then I just really punish myself. So, Have you managed to like pass your classes, though, and do fine? Oh, yeah. You know. I'm the master of math. Last minute panic. When I need to do something, I think I can do it. I'll share my story now. Also, a self-sabotaging situation. This one is more specific, though. Over the summer, I took a class, a political science class on terrorism. One of the parts of the class was giving a presentation about 
nuclear war in North Korea and I had a specific part to that I was responsible for within that presentation. And basically, I just was supposed to talk for two minutes. I could read off of note cards. It was going to be like totally fine. I didn't really prepare that much, but I did have note cards. And my plan going into it was to just get up in front of the class, read from my note cards, make eye contact occasionally, and then sit back down. But then when I got up in front of the class, for some reason, I started trying to wing it, which I've never done in my life before. And then... I couldn't wing it and I started repeating myself and I didn't know what I'd already said trying to like look at my note cards for help but I like couldn't I was like getting so embarrassed and flustered and I was like watching all the faces of the people watching me and I could tell that they knew that I was messing up and it was just pretty much the worst time in my life and then I yeah just kind of like had a little anxiety attack up there and then had to like sit back down at the end of it and just like deal with the embarrassment and like later that day my professor was telling people like like basically just telling us that we should come to her for help with our essays or with our final like study guide if if we had any questions and she was very gentle with me and like Tess like do you need any help like I'll you know blah 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 I'll help you out if you if you want and I was like no I'm fine (laughs) (laughs) my story is multi-layered to say the least um first of all some context i started out my career at the university of oregon as pre-med student failed chemistry doesn't matter so i was undeclared in the winter and spring terms of my freshman year so i was taking a bunch of intro classes and stuff just like to kind of figure out what i wanted to do and one of these classes well i wanted to take intro to business but a counselor suggested I take intro to entrepreneurship instead. They were like, it's an intro class, but it's a little more hands-on. I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. I get to the class. I realize the counselor, counselors have told like everyone this and like most people there, like half are actual business students and the other ones are like undeclared students like me who are like not really sure if this is for them. We had an assignment to go to rain eugene which is like this kind of symposium about i don't even remember i think it was like sustainable inventions or something part of the assignment was to get as many business cards from people because it was also a networking event get as many business cards from people as we possibly could so and whoever did got a prize at the end so i asked i was a freshman i didn't know eugene at all I asked this guy who was a year older than me and he was in the group I was in to go with me because I thought maybe he'd have a car or at least he would know how the buses work. He comes, picks me up. He's like, I don't have a car. We're not taking the buses and we're walking to the Holt Center and it was pouring down rain and I was wearing a dress and flats and I was like, well, I mean, I don't have any... I have to get there, so I guess so. And so I walk with this guy, like, two minutes into the walk, I realize I hate this person. (laughs) And we get to the thing, and, you know, some people are kind of standing around. We thought it was going to be, like, there's booths set up and everything, and there's, like, multiple things to do. And, uh, like, the lecture is something that you could go to if you wanted, but, like, you didn't have to. All of the students from this class are kind of hanging back because nobody really wants to go network because nobody really cares. And the lecture starts. Uh, our professor goes in and we think, oh, we'll just 
hang out here, wait for the lecture to end, because this is only a small part of the symposium. Uh, and then we soon realized that the lecture was the entire symposium. Like, that's what it was. And so we were all, like, it was like 15, maybe more of us just hanging out in the lobby of the Holt Center for two hours. I kid you not. And none of us, like, knew each other either, so it was so awkward. Oh, and during this time, we're going around to everybody's table and taking their business cards so we could get the actual assignment done. So after two hours, we're like, well... I mean, we need some kind of entertainment. So we go into the lecture late, but we're super late and it's ending and we're making so much noise getting in there that everyone's like looking at us and like, oh, we're causing so, so many problems and we're such a distraction. It's so awful. And so we there, there and there wasn't even any seats left. So I had to sit on the floor of uh, the theater and then I had to walk back with this guy in the pouring rain again and it was just so awful and then I was about because we counted up the business cards at the end of the thing and I won and we're like oh this is cool and then this other guy who now I hate um in between the time we were at the symposium and the time of next our next class put in a business card that he just had from something else into his pile because we were tied and then he gave it to the teacher and he won so this assignment caused you to hate two different people that's pretty uh uh three if you count the professor oh wow i think you take the cake for the worst story possible thanks i mean at least you don't hate yourself that's for another story (laughs) and there you have it those are our worst assignments we've ever had at the university of oregon Now we have an episode of David After Dark, where David Hugel ventures around the streets of Eugene to ask drunk people random, strange questions. Is this what you do for fun on a weekend night? (laughs) Yeah. Is this what you guys do on your, what day is it? Friday nights? Like, do you actually do this? Hello, and welcome to David After Dark. Every weekend, you'll find me on the streets of Eugene asking anybody I can about a particular topic. This week, I asked people, what is the coolest thing you've ever done and the least cool thing you've ever done? So let's just jump right in. What is the coolest thing you've ever done? Uh, I think the coolest thing I've ever done was I helped run a $13,000 charity uh, based solely on video games. Wow. Yeah, we had a we had a stream, and it was a uh, it was a stream dedicated to one of my friends who took his own life. Um, he was also like a teammate because I play the game competitively. Okay, what game? Uh, Team Fortress Two. But no, yeah, it was really awesome, and uh, all proceeds went to the Suicide Pre- uh, Prevention Foundation. So, awesome. yeah. What is the least cool thing you've oh. ever done? Oh my goodness, there've been a uh, gosh. Really uh, the least cool thing I've ever done was not call my parents back. There we go. I'll go with that one. That's not cool. You should always call your parents back. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. What is the coolest thing you've ever done? The coolest thing I've ever done, my dude? Yes. You want to know what I think? Yes. I think, it's, I think it's meeting you right now. Oh. Oh. What's the least cool thing you've ever done? Meeting you. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. What's the coolest thing you've ever done? 
So one time while I was visiting China, uh, we we were supposed to uh, teach English to all these students that were like low income families. And as we were on our way over there, they made it illegal to teach English to Chinese students. So we we're like, of course, I feel like they're targeting us. Like, what do we do now? So we decided to go. We decided to visit North Korea because we were like, hey, he, might, he might, he yeah, might, he might. We were like, oh, there's some nuke threats going on. Like, let's go see what's going on in North Korea. So we took this what? bus up into the mountains because there's a point in China where you can look over all of North Korea because yeah, there's yeah. just a river that separates the two. And we were looking over because we're on top of this mountain and all of a sudden a bunch of North Korean like police like start banging on the bus. They're like, oh, you got to get the f out of here. Like they start yelling at our bus driver in Korean about how he needs to leave and we all have to get out of here. We're going to get arrested in like five seconds. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of like of the undercover police come out and start banging oh, on the windows and stuff. What? And our bus driver's like, yo, we got to get all these people out of here. Just step on the pedal. The <laughs> He's like, we out. Dog. We out. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, it was, did he it was one of the scariest things did I've did ever had away? happen. Yeah, we literally no, booked literally it, turned around and booked it out of there. Yeah. That was I was so not, cool. I was not about that to be a so North cool. Korean prisoner. <laughs> not about to be. It's like I got my whole life out of me right now. What's going on? <laughs> All right, what's the least cool thing you've ever done in contrast? <laughs> well, I stream Fortnite, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What, what's the coolest thing you've ever done? Foster seven kittens. That's cool, guys. I swear. It's really cool. You should do it. Everybody foster kittens. What's the least cool thing you've ever done? The least cool thing I've ever done is exist. Absolutely incredible stuff right there. That's all I have for you tonight. Drive safe and Skoducks. Our last segment of the evening is a slam poem that comes from Kaylin Wool. Good evening, city of Eugene and elsewhere. It's Kaylin here, and tonight I will be bringing down the tone from my usual light-hearted stories and recite a slam poem that I wrote about my dad after he visited me and Eugene for the first time. I wanted to provide a little trigger warning for anyone who struggles with alcoholism in the family or if you personally struggle with an eating disorder because I do touch on those topics. My goal in creating this was to express some heavy emotions that I have uh, bottled up for years, basically. And I was also hoping that maybe this creative written word and now spoken word will provide me some courage to confront him about how I feel. If you have any response or advice even that you want to provide me, you can message me on Instagram at kdizzler, which is K-D-I-Z-Z-L-E-R. Thank you and I hope you enjoy. So who do you blame when you had no role models? All you look up to now is the bottom of glass bottles. No family other than the one you created. Everyone thinks you're awesome, but you're just overrated. Yeah, you helped raise me, but then you quickly left to someone new and you made a baby. When you came to visit, you prioritized drinking. I thought we'd have a better time, but what was I thinking? You see, the father I had wasn't any bad. You supported a roof over my head and be a good person, you always said. You went to my sports games, but you didn't even give your new baby our name? You always supported my decisions, but you never really saw reality through my vision. You were young, so my friends saw you as the cool dad, but little does everyone know your drinking is really bad. 
It took you nine months to see the state your daughter moved to. You picked me up from school around two and you took me to a brewery even though you knew that I hadn't eaten yet that day. I was even your driver and you were reluctant to give me gas money, yet you'll spend nine dollars on a mediocre mimosa. And without co-parenting, I really think you'd be the cause to my anorexia nervosa. In high school, you were so angry you'd slam things in the kitchen. You're so wrapped up in yourself you don't even listen. You don't even ask, for that matter. Does my dad really love me? I know I should know the answer. But what I do know is that he's always loved beer. And now my baby sister is going to grow up with that same fear. Does daddy love me or does daddy love beer? At dinner, you always order your old-fashioned whiskey, while any opinion I want to say seems risky. Sometimes I don't know what to talk about. To find a topic we both relate to is hard to seek out. After growing up, I found it easy to point out that you're no superhero. What do you see when you look into the mirror? Do you see what I see? I just want you to see what I see. We have the same academic degree, yet you act high and mighty like you're better than me. You're a good dad, don't get me wrong. You just prefer to drink all day long. Seeing your problem makes my heart hurt, and being around you often turns me into an introvert. I used to think all dads came home with a 12-pack. I just don't want to feel the same pain when I look back on the Kodak. You have a new family again, so you shouldn't risk having a heart attack. And you're not so young this time around, so you really gotta take it easy before you're early to the burial ground. Thanks for listening to Storytime on KWVA Eugene. We are a group of students and audio producers at the University of Oregon who appreciate storytelling in many forms, from journalistic reporting to man-on-the-street-style interviews and sometimes even fiction. Tune in next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. to hear our latest episode. If you have any questions, concerns, or story ideas, you can email us at news at kwvaradio.org. Thanks to the Eugene band Spiller for providing the music at the beginning and end of our episodes. This song is called Eric Navikos off of their latest release, Ruben Plus Cold Cut. You can find Spiller on Bandcamp. <laughs>